Hello, and welcome back to another episode of Paranormal Stories and Spooky Shiz. In today's episode, we will be getting into kind of a spookier topic of ghosts and mimics. All right, buckle up, it's going to be a spooky episode. Here we go. All right, so thank you for continuing to listen to my podcast and uh, explore these spooky topics with me. Even whenever, like last episode, I was looking at uh, people predicting the future. You know, it's not very scary, but it is kind of woo-woo supernatural kind of thing. So thank you for bearing with me during the not scary episodes so that we can get to episodes like this where we talk about ghosts and things that people claim to have seen in their homes. I'm going to start with a collection of stories that were submitted on the Facebook. The first one comes from Amanda B. My boyfriend works nights and we have four kids, and one is a newborn. Well, last night I woke up to feed the baby, and the light in our game room was on at the time I thought he was home, but my daughter must have left it on when she came into my room. Well, I came out and said my boyfriend's name, and in his exact voice, someone said, yeah. And I said, can you feed the baby? And got no response. So I used the bathroom and then went into the kitchen and saw he didn't take the trash out. So I made the baby bottle, went into the game room to ask why he didn't take it out, and he wasn't there. So I'm like, wow, he went into the bedroom and left the light on for me to turn off? So I go into the bedroom, and he isn't there either. I'm like, okay, that's weird. I went and looked out the window at the driveway. He wasn't even home yet. I was absolutely terrified. I didn't think ghosts could talk to you like that, let alone in his actual tone of voice. Uh, sat watching TV alone with the cat, feet up on the reclined sofa, seen an almost invisible to the eye and transparent shadow figure crawl in from the kitchen and under the reclined footrest. My cat saw it too. About the size of a toddler, very skinny, almost like black smoke. I'm kind of used to it by now with this weird house. This is from Tiff D. 100% they can. This is in response to them mimicking. I'll always remember my grandmother telling me that she was in her kitchen during the afternoon one day. And as clear as day, she heard her mom call her from outside the back door. Roma. Exact tone and voice. But no one was there. They lived on a remote farm miles from anyone, and her mom passed a few years earlier. This situation is a bit scarier, though, as something is mimicking your partner's voice. Although it might not have been my great-grandmother either, I do have to ask the question, how tired were you, though? I definitely hallucinated with my firstborn out of sheer exhaustion, just trying to eliminate everything. Uh, this one comes from Monica N. I grew up on a haunted place, early 1800s farmhouse. My first memory of falsely hearing someone calling my name, I was probably young, probably around five. I was playing outside and thought I heard my great-grandmother calling from way across the lawn at the next house next door. I wasn't supposed to leave the yard, but she kept calling, so I finally went and no one was there. It freaked me out, and no one believed me. Then when myself and my siblings were older, 
I was probably 10 now. We had tenants that lived in the apartment above ours who had children around our age who we used to play with and talk to through the heating vents. We would knock on the vent, and then when the other kids got to their vent, they'd knock back, and then we'd talk. Well, one day my siblings and I had a whole conversation with the kids upstairs before deciding we should go out and play. When we went outside to meet them, they never came out, so we went upstairs and knocked on their door, and their mom said they weren't, they weren't even home. And then as adults, I rented one of the apartments in the building myself, and my sister rented the one adjacent from mine. My mudroom shared a wall with her bathroom. I used to smoke in the mudroom, and if I hear anyone on the other side of the wall, I'd knock on it. If it was her, she'd knock back and we'd talk. We had a whole 10-minute conversation one day, and at the end of it, she told me to come over in a few minutes. When I got there, no one was home, so I called her. She hadn't been home all day. I, had, I haven't lived or set foot on the property in about 10 years, and reliving the childhood, early adulthood memories attached to that place still freaked me out. I used to want to bring a specialist into the place, but we never did. This comes from Bryn C. Something similar used to happen to me at my old job. I would hear something familiar calling my name, usually someone who was a boss or manager, and I would look for them. One woman who I thought called for me hadn't even worked there for over a month when I swore I heard her voice. I learned to just ignore it. If someone needed to talk to me about something, it was easy. I was easy to find or they could call me over the intercom. Nonetheless, I don't work there anymore, but former co-workers have told me similar stories. Stacy J. This kind of happened to me when I was up one night with my newborn. My partner walked past me. I literally watched him walk through one door and cross the room and go into the other room. So I followed him, talking to him, and he was just gone. He was never down this end of the house at all. It was so vivid and weird. I put it down to sleep deprivation, but it still spooks me when I think of it. Uh, Cheryl C. says it's called mimicking. After my father committed suicide when I was seven, I became a hellraiser. He would stand at my ear and tell my name in a warning tone when I was getting ready to try some BS, only in my bedroom though. Nowhere else in the house or outside. I often wonder if he was in a state of purgatory for years in that house. Alright, this one's from Jeremy H. I grew up in the country in a house that my father built. He worked out of the out of town in the summer a lot, so I used to sleep with my mom in her bed when he wasn't home because I was scared of the boogeyman. One night, I was with my mom in my parents' room, and my sister was in her room, and we were getting ready for bed. All of a sudden, we heard something holler my sister Amy's name, and it sounded exactly like me, and it sounded like it came from my bedroom. She replied, what? Because she had no idea it wasn't my mother or I freaked us out and my mother hates when I bring it up to this day yeah that oh man it's like it's like that I don't know if you've seen I don't know if it's a movie or a commercial but it's where the little girl is in bed and she says daddy there's a monster under my bed can you check and the dad's like, sure, honey, I'll check. And then he looks under the bed, and there's this little girl under the bed. And she goes, 
that's not me. You know? And then he looks back on top of the bed and it's like a ghosty monster. I feel like that's from a movie or something. I can't remember. But yeah, that stuff will give you nightmares. <laughs> All right, Brandy J. Yes, my kids and I both have similar experiences in the place we live. One time I was convinced there was someone in our apartment, even called the police, because I was that sure someone must have wandered in, which to me was more fathomable because we have people sleep next to our porch and under the staircases, but no one was there, and all the windows and sliding glass door was locked when they checked. Debbie N. I heard my husband in the basement talking to someone. I asked him who he was talking to. He said, you were in the utility room. I was upstairs. Then he would come running upstairs sometimes, yelling, what, saying I called for him. One day he was downstairs and I came through the hallway, heard something in my voice calling his name from the top of the stairs. We go now to Karen S. In the house I lived after a friend passed, I heard a man crying, really sobbing. I checked my boyfriend and it wasn't him. Went to go back upstairs and heard it again. I also felt someone standing at my right shoulder when I was washing up. I know someone died in the house, but it was a lady. I always felt something, wherever I lived. So I think it must be me being open to it. I'm not scared, I just let them get on with their day same as I do. Penny C. The house I'm at, my son's bedroom door isn't hooked on by the hinges and leads into the living room. I was walking past it, the door sounded like it was kicked and fell on me, hitting me in the head. The bathroom is between our rooms. You get to by going in my room through the kitchen or through his room from the living room. My sister was walking in the living room and I started to walk into the kitchen when I heard bitch come from in that way, but it was a man's voice. No one else was here but my sister and I. There's something about that room that just isn't right. We've been here almost two years and this just started recently. I'm not sure what the deal is, but I don't like it. Sarah J. One night, about 11.30, me and my son, who was 12 at the time, came home from being at my brother's with the family. We were both in the kitchen, sort of snacking. I clearly heard my 7-year-old daughter's voice say, I can't. I turned to look at my son, who shocked, and said, Did you just hear that, Mom? So both of us heard it. He then goes, it sounded like Maddie, but she was at her dad's that night and wasn't even home. Kate D. Yes, that's a doppelganger or a mimic. They, they okay and act just like you or a loved one. One that okayed, looked, no, no, they look and act just like you or a loved one. One that looked like my mom with no clothes and her hair in a towel stood right next to me and I turned around to leave the room and my mom was in a different room already, in different clothes with her hair dry. Amanda G says, you need to cleanse the house if an entity is starting to mimic. In my opinion, usually a bad spirit, demon or poltergeist. Josh O 
said, probably a shapeshifter. They imitate friends and family to trick you into dark. Emily T. We're dealing with a ghost that mimics voices. It just now started opening our bedroom door. It lingers in the hallway and will catch it either walking in or out of our room and our daughter's room. We revoke it in the name of Jesus and Michael the Archangel. Angie C. Many years ago, I heard my mother's voice call my name. I was living alone. I did tell her about it, and she thought it was weird too. Many times over the years, I've heard disembodied male-female voices call my name, but none were familiar to me. When I was recovering from surgery, I heard a male voice call me Angela as I was waking up, but no one was in the room with me. A nurse came in shortly after. All right. I don't have a name for this one. But it says, my house was built in the 1800s, and the town I live in is very historical. And it's done other things like walking up and down the stairs, nudging me when I was asleep. So hard I thought it was one of my kids and it woke me up, but they were all asleep. I was sleeping and my legs were crossed, and it pushed one of my legs off my other, and it woke me up. It has shut my bedroom doors a few times, all random times, and sometimes I don't notice anything for months. You know the obvious, you see something out of the corner of your eye, and when we first bought our house, our daughter was one, and she would always say, get that guy, and point at nothing. This one's for Easter. It's totally true, it's my story, and it happened around Easter. It's not that major, so don't get too excited. Grandma's birthday was on the 14th of April, and she died on the 9th, so she sadly missed her 84th birthday. It was a couple years later, over the Easter holidays, that my husband and I had been busy outside doing some do-it-yourself jobs. I came in to do us some dinner. I popped some vegetables on the stove. My legs felt tired, and I took a seat in the kitchen whilst waiting for the vegetables to boil. Before I knew it, I dropped off to sleep. All of a sudden, I heard Grandma's voice, as clear as anything, shout in my ear, Watch that pan! I woke to st with a start to see the water in the saucepan bubbling up about to spill over. I shut up and grabbed the pan off the stove before it had a chance to boil over. Thanks, Grandma. I truly believe they watch over us. This one says, This was a few months ago. I think my BFF was staying at my house one day and something strange happened. I went to the toilet as I needed to go and I forgot to tell my friend as I was on the toilet, she called for me, but I just sat there as I wasn't finished. My BFS point of view, she was sitting on the couch scared. She saw the garage door open. She looked at it curious on why it had opened. She then heard something calling her name. I'll refer to her as Mill. So, Mill, Mill, come here, I want to talk to you. She stayed put on the couch, looking at the garage door, worried, and wondered if she should go in. My point of view, I was walking down the hallway thinking I should go into my room, but something caught my attention. It was my dead dog. Knowing she never shows herself to me unless she needs to go in the direction. I started walking that way. My BFF's point of view, the voices stopped and the door closed and she looked to her left and saw me. She started talking about what she had seen. I do not know what she, what was calling her into the garage. But I know there's a ghost in there who opens the door. I call it Garage Ghost, as it normally stays there and follows me sometimes. 
but what my BFF heard or seen, she said it wasn't the garage ghost, but something different. Kayla K? My dog started barking. I ran to them, asking what they were barking at. My eyes glanced to the a black chest. I saw a head move up and quickly glance at me. It disappeared as we met eyes. That's it. It was a bit scary as it made my heart skip a beat, but I just threw the tennis ball again while keeping my eyes on that spot. Stephanie S. So my kid started talking to a boy named Louie. She says he's her best friend, but he died. So I started asking questions today. She said he died a long time ago. He died in a forest all alone when something grabbed his leg and he screamed. Then she screams really loud. She says he lives underground. There is a cemetery down the road. She met him at the park and he came home with us. Now we haven't had any paranormal activities and she says she's not scared of them, but they say kids can see ghosts. She's three. It came out of nowhere. She doesn't even name her baby dolls. So for her to have all of this information and a name, I don't know. Is there a kid show with a kid named Louie? She does have an active imagination, but never like that. Like I said, she doesn't even name her dolls. It also surprised me when she said he lived underground. What do you guys think? Over imagination, or does she have a ghost friend? Nick L? My wife said she saw a shadow person lean over and look at her and the baby late one night. Anyone know if they could be a past loved one, or are they a different entity altogether? Also, the pacifier on two occasions has magically appeared in the baby's mouth when it was away from her. She's a week old when this happened. Any ideas? Another unbelievable paranormal finding of a young dead woman. One day, one of our friends had a visit for a funeral house with his parents, where he stayed outside the funeral house while having a chat with a group of friends. When they came home after the funeral, this friend had a mental and physical imbalance that he couldn't express himself. For, furthermore, he felt lethargic and feeling worry for no reason. Evening of this day, one of the friends phoned him, and during their conversation, the other friend asked, Are you sick? Or do you, are you feeling unwell? He replied, Don't know the exact reason, but yes, I'm feeling very bad. Again, he asked, Where have you visited today? He replied, There was a funeral of a friend. He asked again, don't you feeling bad after the funeral visit? Yes, you are correct, he replied. However, the friend who phoned arranged an evening discussion with another friend they knew regarding the incident. At the evening, they said there's an outsider who came along with you after the funeral. He replied, you mean the one who died? Nope, this was a woman who knew, who you knew few lives back, and you had a romantic relationship with her they both replied during the conversation they explained her appearance she was wearing dusty white frock with curly long hair the most surprising thing was half of her face glowing beautiful but the other half burned to a skeleton with red flesh she was showing the beautiful parts of her body while she covered the dark part of her for those who whoever is able to see her Finally, the boy saved by the dark entity that day forever. Moral of the story, you have no idea the previous karmic connections and when they're going to pop up and how that's going to impact your present life. It is going to be bad, good, or worse. It's up to you. That was hard to read. 
I have an energy entity, I'm not sure, but it's really messing with my family and the house. It started in December. We went to Texas to visit my brother and his little family. Turns out our birth mother found out we were coming to town and also went to town at my brother's house. Thing is, she is very bad people. Maybe not anymore because she's officially caused herself alcohol-induced dementia. She's a bit out of it nowadays, but our childhood and our history of her and us are really bad. We've come to terms with her being a basic human paperweight now and want our kids to have pictures with her, so we allowed her to stay and tried to make the best of it since it was the holidays. Now for the important bits. At my brother's house, our first or second night there, we had to take my 11-month-old son for a drive at night for the first time ever because he refused to sleep. I was chalking it up to him being in a new place. As we walked to the front door through the front entry hall, we passed my brother's study. It was dark and dim lit from the street light out front. I saw a shadow character, but only from the waist up. See, now this isn't unnormal for me. I'm very in tune with energies and my surroundings and can see, hear, experience a lot of paranormal things. I put quotations because I believe the universe and energies all have a reason and there is nothing paranormal about them. Well, I got a terrible pit in the stomach feeling and felt the need to rush out of the house. I told my husband in the car and he told me that when we go in to ignore it, its presence and move on as if we didn't see it. We will see what happens. Well, we get back and nothing is weird or out of the ordinary. My son is asleep. Great. We go upstairs, put our son to bed, and got ready for bed ourselves. Well, we had a floor crib set up as a portable bed for our son, and it was in the middle of the loft. We came out of the bathroom, and even though the main light was off, in the cast of the bathroom light, I saw the same shadow character leaning over the netted crib. And it said, and I said, not him. And then like it, and then like that, it was gone. But I didn't even see it dissipate or anything. Next day, it was nap time. I moved the floor crib to a spare room and closed the curtains, turned off the light, and put my son to sleep. No big deal. Not even 30 minutes passed, and I heard my son belting out screams I've never heard from him make in his 11 months of being alive. I sprinted to this room and threw the door open. The room was pitch black, as if it wasn't daylight outside behind closed blinds. I looked down. My son is literally tangled in blanket that used to, that was being used as extra padding. Now, I know some babies' kids move around a lot when they sleep, and maybe this is normal, but it's not for my kid. He's a very sound sleeper and doesn't move around much. He's wrapped tightly, upside down in the this blanket that can definitely most definitely suffocate him if it I wasn't right outside the door I grabbed him ran out and held him until he calmed down which took much longer than normal his dad went in and just looked at the room was bright and light and it looked like normal daytime afternoon with the blinds fast forward to that night my son still couldn't sleep we went for a drive this time passing the study, I said, hey, you've probably been here for a minute, and that's fine. This isn't my house to control you, but please stay away from my son and my family while we're here. And then I went on my way. Well, my dumbass husband then almost yells in a sternly manner, yeah, stay away from my family. You can mess with 
insert brother's name, but not ours. I immediately ran back inside, grabbed him, and pulled him out, asking why he did that. And I felt everything change, in a weird way. I don't know how to explain it, but everything felt bad and wrong from that point forward. We got home from the drive and put our son to bed with no blankets, toys, pillows, etc. and went downstairs. My husband went with my brother and stepdad outside while I was in the kitchen by myself watching YouTube. My uneasy feeling kept going and going for some reason, and I stayed downstairs because I was too afraid to go upstairs by myself. As soon as the clock struck midnight, the radio clock started blaring static. It was a horrible sound, loud, that I couldn't get to stop until I unplugged the machine completely. I then went outside and asked my brother if they had an alarm set, and he looked at me like I was crazy and said I probably pressed a button. Why on earth would he set an alarm for 12 a.m. while his wife and newborn were sleeping in the other room? Right, continuing that same story. I played it off and went about my business. The rest of the trip went okay with no major events, but we were on guard and protective of our little family for those five days like we never had been before. Now fast forward to February. My husband's son and I all moved into an old condo townhouse that we were renting. Since we moved in, things have just not been right. We've had a lot of weird little things. Machines being turned off when no one's around, lights flickering, batteries going dead, mental issues, health issues, and my son has night terrors multiple times a week. Now is a 13, 14 month old. We've tried cleansing the house with prayers to our gods, rituals with different types of sage, cedar, and crystals, but am I missing something? Last night, my proxy mom, the woman who took me in as a teen, was in the room with my son when he woke up from one of his nightmares, and he was staring in the corner. She looked over and saw, by the way, let me say this first, I never told her about Texas. She tells me that it's a solid black shadow figure that looks like a man that stands about 5'7", five, 5'8", five, which is identical to what I saw at my brother's. Did this thing follow us? Is this thing trying to mess with my son? What is it? Can I get rid of it like normal dark energies? Genuinely, I'm not sure what to do. I consider myself a light worker and a Celtic pagan, and my main god to work with is Dinu, but reached out to Freya, Odin, Tyr, Brigid, for help and knowledge in different areas. This next story comes from Victoria L. I'm a little freaked out right now. As my fiance was feeding our son his bottle on the couch before putting him to bed, I was in the kitchen and turned around and saw a white human-shaped figure standing between me and the couch in the doorway of our bedroom, which is where our son sleeps. As soon as I looked at it, it disappeared, but I saw it pretty clearly in my peripherals. My partner said it wasn't anything to worry about, and it's probably a good sign if it was light in color, right? So I put it out of my mind. Once our son was done with his bottle, he went to put him in, down in his crib. As he was slowly closing the door on the dark bedroom, he felt a force push the door closed. As soon as he told me, I rushed into the bedroom, and I'm currently sitting on our bed watching our son, because that seems so scary to me, and very unsettling. Don B., Okay, I have been pondering if I should ask this, but decided what, what the whatever. For several years, several meaning many, I have had a feeling of an animal, I think cat, hop onto my bed and then move around or walk around 
by my legs until I get comfortable. I say cat because I have two that have passed away. I used to think maybe restless legs or tired muscles, but I can take my hand and move down my legs when it's happening and still feel the blankets moving. Sometimes it will go up the small of my back. My husband says it's the fan. I turned it off, still happening, or the bed because it has water tubes in it. Now I have a memory phone and no fan on and it's still happening. Am I crazy? Or does anyone else have this feeling? Someone responded, Yes, it happens to me every night and has since 2007 when my Siamese cat passed. We had raised him from six-week-old kitten. He was 20 when he passed. He always slept in the bed with my dad, either behind his knees or up beside his pillow. I inherited him when dad passed away and had him until he passed. Apparently, I still have him because I swear he jumps up on my bed every night and settles down on top of my thigh. I'm a side sleeper. I feel him jump up on the bed, up on my thigh, and lay down there. I feel the weight of him. It doesn't bother me in the least. He doesn't stay there all night because I'll wake around dawn and he's gone. Somebody else wrote, If I had a nickel for every time I'd read about people feeling something walking on their bed, well, I'd have a couple dollars anyway. Seriously though, this is an extremely common experience for people to share. I have felt the same thing on my bed too. Just know you're not going crazy. Apparently we all have ghost cats living in our homes. I've been really stressed out because I'm rushing to get packed up and move out of the house I've been living in for about six years. Last night, as I started to lie down to go to sleep, I heard a noise in the kitchen. When I walked over there, it stopped. I assumed it must have been a mouse. I sat down in the living room and I heard a noise again. It was a clicking sound of the burners on the gas range make when they're trying to light. I got up to run in there, thinking one of them came on, and nothing was on. As soon as I turned out the lights and the kicked back again, it started again. Every time I got up to go to the kitchen, it would stop. At first, I thought it was crazy, and then I realized the edge of a pizza box I had sitting on the stove was singed. I smelled it. I picked it up and saw where it was burned. I moved everything away from the stove and turned all the burners hard to the left, even though they were already off. It just kept happening. Unfortunately, while I was trying to figure out what to do, I passed out because I already taken my sleep medication. I was worried that someone or something was trying to turn the gas on and kill me. I feel like a crazy person for thinking this, but I couldn't figure out what it might otherwise be. I didn't die, obviously. Earlier, thinking one of them came on and nothing was on. Earlier today, I got a friend to come over and pull out the range and disconnect the gas supply to it. Normally, I'm a hardcore skeptic, but experiences like this just can't be ignored. Love to hear the stories from actual people. Sometimes you, whenever you're looking for articles, and I do have several articles for us as well today, but sometimes when you're looking for it, it seems like the same 20 stories are shared over and over again. So that's why I like to go to things like Reddit or Facebook or just where people are telling their own story in their own words. And it's pretty cool, especially when there's a common theme, whether it be like a mimic or, you know, seeing shadow people and stuff like that. We go over to the New York Times where they have an article quarantining with a ghost. It's scary. 
For those who don't believe they're locked down with the spectral roommates, the pandemic has been less isolating than they bargained for. By Molly Fitzpatrick. It started with the front door. Adrian Gomez lives with his partner in Los Angeles, where the first few days of sheltering in place for the coronavirus pandemic proved uneventful. They worked remotely, baked, took a two-mile walk each morning, refinished their porcelain kitchen sink, but then one night, the doorknob began to rattle vigorously, so loud he could hear it from across the apartment, yet no one was there. In mid-April, Mr. Gomez was in bed when the nearby window shade began shaking against the window frame so intensely, despite the fact the window was closed. An adjacent window shade remained perfectly still. The cats were all accounted for, and no bug or bird nor any other small creature had gotten stuck there, that Mr. Gomez thought it was an earthquake. I very seriously hid myself under the comforter, like you see in the horror movies, because it really did freak me out, he said. Now, though neither he nor his partner noticed any unexplained activity at the home before this, the couple can distinctly make out footsteps above their heads. No one lives above them. I'm a fairly rational person, says Mr. Gomez, who is 26 and works in IT support. I try to think, what are the reasonable, tangible things that could be causing this? But when I don't have those answers, I start to think, maybe something else is going on. They're not alone. They're not alone. Possibly in more than one, more ways than one. For those who experience, whose experience of self-isolation involves what they believe to be a ghost, their days are punctuated not just by Zoom meetings or homeschooling, but by disembodied voices, shadowy figures, misbehaving electronics, invisible cats cozying up to their couches, caressing from hands that aren't there, and even in some cases, to borrow a technical parlance from Ghostbusters, free-floating, full-torso, vaporous apparitions. Some of these people are frightened. Of course, others say they just appreciate the company. There's no scientific evidence for the existence of ghosts, a fact that has little bearing on our collective enthusiasm for them. According to a 2019 YouGov survey, 45% of U.S. adults believe in ghosts. In 2009, the Pew Research Center found that 18% of Americans believe themselves to have seen or otherwise encountered one. Before stay-at-home restrictions in New York, Patrick Hines, 42, left Manhattan with his husband and daughter to spend six weeks at an adorable cottage in western Massachusetts that they rented on Airbnb. One night, Mr. Wo Mr. Hines woke up around 3 a.m., thirsty for a glass of water. He said he walked into the kitchen and saw a white man in his 50s wearing a well-worn World War II-era military uniform and cap sitting at the table. It seemed normal in the split second before I realized, wait, what's happening? And I turned to look, he was gone. And Mr. Hines, who, who is the host of the podcast True Crime Obsessed, it didn't feel menacing at all. It almost didn't even occur to me to tell my husband the next morning. If you were to accept the premise that ghosts are real, it stands to reason that some tension would naturally result once their flesh-and-blood roommates start spending much, much more time at home together. John E.L. Tenney, who describes himself as a paranormal researcher and is a former host of the TV show Ghost Stalkers, estimates that he receives two to five reports of a haunted house each month in 2019. Lately, it's been more like five to ten in a week. 
Mr. Tenney has seen something like this before. In 1999, immediately before Y2K, he witnessed a spike in reported ghost and poltergeist activity, as well as UFO sightings, which, as his experience, are also on the rise in this moment. It does seem to have something to do with our heightened state of anxiety, our hypervigilance, he said. Mr. Tenney had no doubt that the vast majority of these cases in the inbox are completely explainable in nature. When the sun comes up and the house starts to warm up, they're usually at work. They're not usually, they're not used to hearing the bricks pop and the woods expand. It's not that the house is, wasn't making those noises. They just never had the time to notice it before. Or did they? J.D. Cowan believes she's been haunted since college. The ghost she calls Matthew, a good biblical name, chosen in hopes it would keep him on his best behavior, explained Miss Cowan, who is 26, has historically made his presence known in her Nashville home through the sounds of someone running up and down the staircase at night. The noises are not like a house settling or like our cat walking around, said her husband, Will Cowan, a 31-year-old accountant. It's very clearly out to get our attention. Around the same time, the couple began to self-isolate in March. Miss Cowan started to use their guest bathroom so that his wife, or Mr. Cohen, started to use their guest bathroom so that his wife, a home health nurse who has picked up more night shifts during the pandemic, could sleep in without the sounds of his morning routine disturbing her. He has found that Matthew, who both spouses agree prefers Mrs. Cowan, doesn't seem to appreciate these changes. On three separate occasions while showering in the guest bath, Mr. Cowan has been unexpectedly blasted with cold water, but it wasn't just a quirk of the plumbing. Every time he said he reached out to find the hot water no nozzle had been turned completely off. Madison Hill, 24, is riding out the pandemic with her boyfriend in her apartment in Florence, Italy. Mrs. Hill, a writer and teacher originally from Charlotte, North Carolina, has always had her suspicions about her home, particularly the bathroom. There was the sense that someone was watching her, slamming doors, towels inexplicably on the floor. A few weeks into quarantine, she woke up to find something on her nightstand that did not belong there. It was a camera lens, one she'd brought from the United States, but lost when she moved in. She had long given up ever finding it. But here it was. Since then, other small objects, including a set of keys, have moved in strange new places inside her apartment. The reappearance of the camera lens in a particularly st struck her as mischievous, playful gesture, perhaps even a thoughtful suggestion that this could be the perfect time for Mrs. Hill, who majored in film and photography or er, in film in college to pick up her old hobby. Carrie Dunlap shares a one-bedroom apartment in the Ridgewood neighborhood of Queens with his girlfriend, Alexandra Cole. Mr. Dunlap, a 31-year-old teacher, rapper, and concert promoter, believes he first met their resident ghost last summer. He saw her in the bathroom in the middle of the night, wearing green scrubs, standing at arm's length away from him. She appeared to be glowing. The woman vanished when he turned on the light. Mr. Dunlap knew that one of his friends the couple is subleasing from had spotted a ghost in the apartment. Both agreed she seemed an older Asian woman of small stature. Mr. Dunlap and Mrs. Cole, a 27-year-old writer and editor, used to find themselves in routine late-night tug-of-war over the two small comforter they shared. 
Several weeks ago, Mr. Dunlap woke late at night to the sensation of what he assumed was Miss Cole adjusting the blanket at his feet to spread it evenly across the bed. When the movement stopped, he didn't reach his girlfriend. He didn't feel his girlfriend climb into bed beside him. He called out to her. She didn't answer. Then she came back in from the bathroom. It was so weird, dude, Mr. Dunlap said. It was just so weird. But the incident left him and Mrs. Cole with lingering positive impression, like whoever or whatever it was had been trying to make the com- couple feel more comfortable or to mediate a potential conflict between them before it happened. Kurt Gray, an associate professor at the University of North Carolina at Chapel Hill, studies how we perceive and treat the minds of other entities, including animals, machines, and the dead. Times of great unease or malaise when there is increased drive to find meaning in chaos, can lend themselves to perceived hauntings, he said, not to mention that the disease itself shares certain psychological parallels with a malevolent spirit, creeping invisibly upon its unsuspecting victims. The phenomena could also be a side effect of loneliness of our time. In quarantine, you are physically confined and also psychologically confined. Your world narrows, Mr. Gray said. You're trapped at home. You're needing human contact. It's comforting to think there's a supernatural agent here with you. For Danielle, a 39-year-old lawyer, isolation predates the pandemic. The Times agreed not to use her last name to protect her professional reputation. She has been recovering at her home in Richmond, British Columbia, since contracting an unrelated serious illness over the winter. She first experienced strange activity in February, she said, when she was walking into her guest bedroom to find a particular lamp turned on, although she had no memory of leaving it that way. This happened again and again and again, until on a whim, she said, don't turn that back on, out loud. The next time she entered the room, she found the ceiling light, which she has never, ever switched on, blazing. On more than one occasion, she has heard the voices of a man and a woman having a conversation she couldn't quite make out. More recently, she was sewing face masks in the same bedroom. She had exactly enough fabric left to make one more mask. But when she briefly turned away from the ironing board, where she just pressed the double cotton gauze, the two remaining pieces had disappeared. It was gone. Like in 20-second period, gone. I went, checked the garbage pail, nothing. Checked the recycling, nothing. My fabric stash, nothing. I tore the house apart looking for those two pieces of fabric, and they never came back. Danielle describes herself as a highly social person, someone who has friends and family have worried about how she'd fare cooped up all by herself. This kind of feels like someone popping by to cheer me up or keep tabs and make sure I'm not feeling alone, she says. The idea of a paranormal entity can provide someone a little bit of social substance to help them endure their solitude. Mr. Gray said, then great. At least as long as the ghost isn't advising its hauntees to go into emergency rooms without a mask and French kiss everyone. Are you troubled by strange noises in the middle of the night? Do you experience feelings of dread in your basement or attic? Don't panic, says Mr. Tenney, the ghost doctor's host. Take careful notes on what you observe. You may soon find a rational explanation for your fears. What if the strange noise at 2.50 p.m. every day is just the UPS truck clattering by? But Mr. Tinney also uh, offers this. One could argue that the ghost puttering around in your kitchen is not only there, but that she's always been there. Maybe you're what's changed. Maybe you're listening more closely 
in the greater quiet all around us. Perhaps we've just now started to notice that the world is a little bit weirder than we gave it credit for, he said. The Lost Village In Scotland last year, we were walking through an ancient forest with my husband. We took a shortcut through the wild glen and intended to walk down the bank of the Fillin to Cryonlark. We came to an open space, flat, treeless, and full of sun haze. As we entered, my husband remarked, I don't like this place. It's too old and dead. I was about to reply that I felt it only peaceful when I suddenly had the sensation of depression, almost amounting to hopelessness. When I saw more, or what I saw was more of a feeling as if all about me was snow under a leaden sky, and behind me there were people, and their eyes were without hope. My husband saw what I that I was oddly frightened, so we left for Cryonlark. We told them at the hotel that we'd felt spooky at one place in the forest. The late Mr. Alistair Stewart said, Oh yes, that would be where the whole village was lost in the snow. They all starved to death. We were both Celtic, but neither of us in the least psychic. One thing I do not, or one thing I do know, is that even if we, I were chased by Hitler and his grisly gang, I would not encounter that forest again. When a ghost becomes a horse whisperer, there's an old farm here in which at least three generations of a family called Hawkins lived. The recent owner told me she and her children often smelt tobacco smoke in the house, and none of them ever smoked. She owned a beloved mare in full. When the foal was due, there was complications. Very worried, she went to the stable to be with her. There she smelled old Hawkins' smoke and felt his presence comforting her and calming the mare. I discovered through my gardener, one of the Hawkinses, who was brought up in the house, that all the family were devoted to animals, and they all smoked pipes. The owner of the house knew nothing of the family except their name. The Carriage That Foretold Death The reference in Roy Christian's article to the death of the Marquis of Hastings in 19, or 1868 reminds me of a story that my grandfather wrote in his diary that year. Heard of the deaths of the Marquis of Hastings yesterday in London. He was only 26 years old. A curious thing happened in connection with his death. There is a tradition in the family that before a death of a family member, some other members hear a noise of a carriage wheels driving to his door when no carriage is in fact there. This actually happened at the castle Cardiff when Lord Butt was down here lately. He even went to the door to see if a carriage was there. It was remarkable at the time. Lord Butt being a Hastings on his mother's side. All right, very cool. Let's go to our next article. We go over to Reader's Digest, where they have an article, 12 Real Ghost Stories That Will Send Shivers Down Your Spine. It was written in February 27th of this year. Calling on only the bravest and boldest of ghost hunters, these scary stories are not for the faint of heart. The Little Hands I've never lived in a haunted house, but my mother did as a teen, writes Reddit user Patented Spacehook, recounting a true event. Other houses on her street had strange things going on too. A few homes away from her, a family, lived a family. 
One night, the daughter went to bed with a bad headache. The next day, she was dead. She passed away from an aneurysm. After her funeral, the family went away to get their minds off the tragedy, and the father asked my uncle, my mom's brother, to check on their pets. My mom and dad, who were dating at the time, went with him. My mother had heard there was a grand piano, and she wanted to play it. My dad was studying to be a veterinarian. After entering the house, my uncle and my father headed to the basement to see the animals, and my mother went to the patio, or the piano, on the ground floor. She was playing it when she felt something brush her ankles. She thought a cat must have left the basement and walked past her. She kept playing, and then she felt it again. She looked under the piano and saw nothing. When she started again, she felt hands clasp her legs tightly. She dashed to the basement door, called my uncle and father, and waited for them. Back outside, my uncle could tell my mom was rattled and asked what was wrong. She told him what had happened, and he turned white. He told her the daughter who had died used to play a game with her father. When he used to play the piano, she'd crawl underneath and grab his ankles and push his feet up and down on the pedals. The ambulance company that I used to work for had a haunted ambulance, Rig 12, recounts Reddit user Zerbo. A lot of EMTs had stories about it, but I never put much stock in paranormal stuff. That is until I had my own experience with Rig 12. My partner and I were working in a rural community at 3 a.m. It was pitch black and completely quiet. We were both dozing. I was in the driver's seat and she was in the passenger. I woke up to a muffled voice, but I thought my partner was talking. I told her I was trying to sleep and closed my eyes. I distinctly heard a male voice say, Oh my God, am I dying? followed by a few seconds of heavy breathing. My partner and I sat straight up and looked back into the patient compartment, where it sounded like the voice had come from. Things were quiet for a couple of seconds. Then we heard the click of an oxygen bottle regulator and a hiss, as if it were leaking. I turned on the lights and we ran out of the rig. I thought a transient might have climbed in the back while we were asleep, so we opened the rear doors. No one was there. I checked the oxygen bottles. Neither was open. We didn't sleep much after that. The impish ghost. My neighbor Diane and I had a playful poltergeist for years, and we called it Billy. So begins Reddit.com users Abyss Alibi in their real-life ghost story. I'd come home and find something put in a weird place. Milk in a cupboard, toilet paper in the fridge, laundry detergent in the bathtub. Diane once called to ask if Billy had been around because she couldn't find a gallon of milk. We finally found it outside on her back steps and the sugar, darn sugar. Every morning, my sugar bowl was empty. When it had enough, I would point to Diane's home and yell, go see Diane. And within five minutes, I'd get a call from her. Thanks a lot, she'd say. He'd gone and pulled shenanigans at her place. This occurred for entire two years we lived there. No one believed us, not even our husbands. My mother thought someone was stealing from us when we were sleeping or out of the house. My sister believed something was going on, but didn't know what. I still can't explain any of it. The Eerie Attic Before Reddit.com user Diggs Dawes got down to recounting their scariest of ghost stories about living in a place that was obviously teeming with honest-to-goodness members of the spiritual world, they pointed out the irony of ghost stories that begin with f phrases, I don't believe in ghosts, but... After all, no 
matter how good a ghost story begins, it always hinges on the notion that, come on, of course we believe in ghosts. A few years ago, I moved into a one-bedroom apartment in Melbourne, Australia. They went on to recall, it was my first time living on my own. The apartment block had been built in the 1930s. I'd been there for a few months when I came home from work one day and went into the bathroom. I saw something strange, a wooden board which had covered a hole in the ceiling that led to a small attic space, lay fractured in two pieces on the ground. I examined the pieces. The board was an inch thick and it would have taken Bruce Lee to break it. I thought the landlord had set someone had sent someone to work on the attic. I was frozen stiff with fear. Someone is up there for sure, I thought. I emailed pictures to the landlord asking if anyone had been there with an undertone of annoyance since she hadn't warned me. Her reply read, please call me as soon as you are able to. I called and she explained that her last two tenants had said the same thing had happened. She promised to replace the boards, and she did. A month later, I woke up one night around 4 a.m. My body was covered in goosebumps. I felt like someone was rubbing his or her hands on me. Everything was silent, and I heard a dragging sound coming from above my bed. It was as if someone was pulling a sack of potatoes. I froze, convinced someone was up there. There was no way an animal could make that sound. After five minutes, I worked up the courage to turn on the light, armed myself with a cricket bat, and walked to the bathroom. That's when I saw the new board covering the hole that was broken in two. I felt sick. The dragging sound had stopped, but I heard something else, whispering. The sound was clear and coming from the attic. It sounded like children's voices, and I could hear one sentence repeated over and over. It's your turn. It's your turn. I switched on every light in the apartment to make things feel normal. It was 5 a.m. and dark outside. I went TV to try to unwind, then a fuse blew. My pet, Budgie, Dexter, who I kept in the kitchen, usually never made a sound at night, but started squawking like he was being strangled. I never heard him make those sort of noises. He was screaming. I grabbed my car keys, ran out, and sat in my car, and waited there until the sun came up. When I saw people walking their dogs, this comforted me enough to go back in. The front door was open, but I figured I might have forgotten to close it when I ran out. I went to the kitchen to check on Dexter, but he wasn't in his cage. I felt sick again. All my windows were closed, so I looked everywhere inside. When I walked to the bathroom, I heard splashing. Dexter was half-drowned in the toilet. I took him out, washed him, and dried him. I was so confused. At 8 a.m., I called the landlord and gave her a watered-down version of the night. Oh, wow, you heard the whispering too, she said. I stayed in the apartment another 18 months. I heard the whispering on a few occasions, and twice the board covering the hole in the ceiling moved. Although I live elsewhere now, the landlord recently called. She said that her new tenants had begged to speak with me about some stuff that had been going on there. Forget it. It's their problem now. 43 Ghost Stories So Spooky They'll Haunt You for Weeks by Allie Hayes Number 1 I was visiting my mother after my dad died. She went shopping with her sister and left me alone in the house. I heard my dad plain as day up in his room. He got up from his computer chair, walked over to the door, and opened it. He walked down the stairs and stood at the last step for a few seconds before walking back up to his room and closing the door. I was probably five feet from him in the living room. I just froze. It scared the hell out of me. Needless to say, I was a believer after that. Number two. 
I worked at a public pool. At night, I would work alone after hours, cleaning the building and the pool. One night, around 2 a.m., I was cleaning the changing rooms. The pool has been closed for four hours at this time. So suddenly, I heard the sound of a child's laughter and bare feet running across the pool deck. I go out and scan the area. There's no one in sight. The doors are all closed and locked. There's nowhere a kid could be hiding. There are no wet footprints on the pool deck either. I recheck the doors and security monitors. I'm the only person in the building. It was really unsettling. Number three. My girlfriend's grandfather's ashes were on a little shelf in the living room, right next to very solid and heavy angel statue. One weekend, she and I were fooling around on the living room couch, and out of the corner of my eye, I see the angel statue fly off the wall, accompanied with a deep grunt. Number four. My uncle's house out on a very eastern part of New York was said to be haunted because of the family had used to own it in the 1800s, decided not to give it the stable man a percolator down the stairs. She was so impressed by my uncle hiring staff. He's a neurologist in NYC, so he had a habit of spending a little bit extra. She went back to bed and woke up later, came downstairs to see my uncle and his friends just chatting. She asked where the maid went and thought the maid was cooking breakfast. My uncle had no idea what she was talking about and asked what she looked like. The sister explained and he laughed, walked to her, walked her to the living room and pointed at an old picture. She said, that was the woman? My uncle replied, yeah, she has been dead for about 100 years. Number five, my grandparents have a helpful ghost. Their house was built in the 1860s and they lived in it since the late 1960s archives and found out that the family had built the house had a had a daughter who grew up there never married and took care of her widowed father until she later died of old age so i figured the helpful ghost is just the daughter continuing to take care of people like she did for her entire life over the years various family members have heard the vacuum cleaner turn on on its own and clothes and towels that were dropped on the floor before bed have been folded and placed on the foot of the bed by morning Number six, we had ghosts in an old house that I lived in as a child. While being home alone, I could hear sweeping downstairs. Also, the tinkling of china and crystal from the dining room. It sounded like a party was happening, and you could hear a Victrola. I walked downstairs, and it all stopped. Number seven, I lived in a house for about five years that was haunted, but not in a malicious way in a shitty roommate kind of way. I'd come home to the windows on the second floor being open when it was raining, to food containers being open in the fridge that I hadn't touched yet. The worst was that the ghost hated clocks. She hated them. I had an antique cuckoo clocks that had worked for 50 years that would just stop. Brand new wall clocks that ate through batteries like candy. My watch ended up on the floor one morning. The crystal shattered, even though I knew I slept with it on. The one that pissed me off the most was I got a brand new Kit Kat clock for Christmas and she threw it off the wall. I was cooking and out of the corner of my eye I saw the cat freaking fly. Turned around and it was across the kitchen, broken. It was a brand new clock. I lived in an old haunted house in college. Things got so weird that everyone moved out except for me and one roommate. Here's a few things that happened. Number one. I woke up at 3 a.m. because my roommate's door kept opening and slamming shut. From bed, I yelled for him to stop, only to realize I was the only one home that weekend. As soon as I yelled, the slamming stopped. 
but the hippie beads I had hanging outside my closed door began to sway perfectly, yet violently, against the doorframe for an hour and a half. While I debated if I should pop out my air conditioning unit and jump out the window, I laid in the fetal position in bed till it stopped. Number two, I woke up at 3 a.m. alone again, hearing the Nintendo on the back porch playing loudly. I figured a drunk kid came in and started playing. I grabbed a bat and walked towards the back of the house as the music got louder and louder. As soon as I opened the door, it was completely quiet. Mind you, it was loud enough to wake me up. Number three, I had friends over and told them the house was haunted. No one believed me, so I asked the ghost to do anything to prove it was there. As soon as I asked, all the lights in the house began flickering for about a minute straight. This was the middle of the day. Everyone witnessed it. Almost everyone who stayed at my house has had sleep paralysis at least once in the house. Every time something spooky happened, the house would smell like old lady flowery strong perfume. This house had a door built into the flooring that led to the basement. We always had a rug covering it up so no one knew it was there. Things would constantly go missing in the house and turn up in the basement. This house had a coal chute where it was heated by coal back in the day. Missing stuff would always be placed on the chute for us to come and get. Roommate was up late. He went to go lock the doors and turn off the lights. When he turned his back on the room and walked to the door, someone breathed in his ear. Ha. He thought it was me. I was sleeping. He turned around, pissed himself, and ran to his room. He was too afraid to come out or turn the lights on. Loud thumps in the attic at all hours. For peace of mind, we told ourselves squirrels must have gotten in there. 10. Voices would wake us up in the middle of the night. I spent many mornings on the front porch waiting for the sun to come up before I went back in the house. 11. Coinc coincidentally, I had a friend years later that rented from the same landlord, same town, different house, where he and all his roommates moved out because the house was also haunted. I didn't think it was too weird until he was telling me that all the weird stuff happened. It was accompanied by old lady flowery stinky perfume. Also, a lot of people had sleep paralysis in that house as well. I had a one-bedroom apartment once, and as soon as it got dark enough outside, this old dude would walk from the bedroom to the bathroom all night. I would have to warn people the first time they came over, you're gonna see a ghost. Mid-conversation, people would stop and be like, holy shit, I just saw a ghost. Yeah. I warned you. One time, I was in the bathroom when he attempted to walk in and just dissolve into a mist that dissipated very quickly. My current house I share with my wife is a three-bedroom, and we sleep on a futon in the living room because the ghosts in this house were chain smokers in the main bedroom. We wake up every night between 3 and 3.30 a.m. If we sleep on our second floor, coughing our lungs out because the room is full of cigarette smoke. Number 10. I watched one of our cats being pulled backwards about five feet by her tail. She was walking through the dining area and suddenly she was sliding backwards as if someone was pulling her by the tail. Only there wasn't anyone. She freaked out and tried to run but couldn't immediately as something held on for a brief second before letting her go. I tend to think there was a that was the handiwork of a four or five year old ghost who hangs out. She just wanted to play with a kitty. Number 11. I get sleep paralysis occasionally. It usually feels like someone has me by the throat and is pushing me into the bed. I've never seen the crazy demon that people talk about seeing, though. Mind you, I did see someone who looked exactly like myself sitting on the edge of the bed during an episode one night where I'd fallen asleep with the lights on. 
I couldn't really make out her face, although I could tell she was concerned, almost, as she was wearing one of my favorite t-shirts that I'd owned for like 12 years. I don't really wear that t-shirt anymore because of it. Closest I've got to a haunted house is a haunted room. I used to sleep on the second floor, the bottom one being the first, and my sister in the attic. She used to have sleep paralysis often. Then she moved out, and now I have her old room. She no longer has sleep paralysis, but I do. I don't remember this myself, but my parents say that when I was young, I would run into their room crying because a man was in my closet. I described him as a Civil War soldier, which I couldn't have known how to describe on my own, given my age. After a little research, my parents found out that the last people who lived in that house had found rare Civil War artifacts. 14. My grandfather was in bed reading for before going to sleep, and he saw my grandmother, his wife, walk past the bedroom in a nightgown. He thought that was odd because she never wears a nightgown. A couple minutes later, she walked into the room from the same side of the hallway that she had walked from earlier and got into bed. He asked why she changed into those clothes out of her nightgown right before bed. She said, "Hun, I don't wear nightgowns. The other story he told me was a computer they had that was in the middle of a large circular table in the basement. They heard a big crash from the basement and naturally ran down to check it out. The computer was on the floor broken. To this day, he insists it could not have fallen on its own as it was in the middle of that table. When I was younger, my parents would frequently go run errands in the neighboring city and would be gone most of the day, from morning to night. Our living room was in the spot where you would have to walk through it to get from the back door to reach either the front door or my parents' room. You would walk between the couch and the TV while doing so. So I was home alone, and my dad came through the back door and walked in front of me. As he crossed the room, he entered his and my mom's room. Then he came back out, walked across my field of vision once again, and left through the back door. He didn't look at me, look at the TV, or really do anything besides walk across the room in both directions. When I asked him what he came home for, or if he forgot something, he honestly had no clue what I was talking about. They were an hour and a half away, and coming home for something they forgot would not have made much sense. He was also wearing different clothes when I spoke to him, compared when I saw him earlier. Such a strange experience. I only saw it that one time. My wife claimed she had a doppelganger event with her brother. She said that she was pissed off at him because he didn't walk the dog. So she was taking the dog out when she ran into her brother downstairs in the building lobby or parking lot. And he was with a friend she'd never met. Her brother asked her for the house keys and she said no because she was mad at him. He told her he was thirsty and she walked away. When she got back home, he was not anywhere. As soon as she walked in, she got a call from a hospital that her brother was having an asthma attack and wanted her to keep him company. What freaks her out the most is thinking, what would have happened if I would have given him the keys? Would they have gone through his hands or what? When I was about 9 or 10 years old, I remember waking up to see a large shadow standing at the foot of my bed. I was living with my dad at the time. He was very large, or five-floor terrace house, built in the 1800s. My husband and I own a martial arts school, and the building that it's in, which we also own, is about 130-year-old next to a church. And I never, and still don't, really, there has to be another explanation, believe in the paranormal. But this thing happened, and it didn't just happen to me. 
It was a decrepit, which is why it was so cheap to purchase, and we basically did all the work ourselves. Old, creaky, and drafty. A bunch of things happened here. Here's one. One Saturday morning, my husband was on his computer in another room. I'm in the apartment playing with a Tamagotchi app on my iPad when I hear the stereo sitting in front of me click on, and the girl's voice started talking from it. I thought he controlled the stereo from his computer, so I ignored it because he often puts music to work out before class started. He teaches the morning class. I do remember thinking, what kind of weird-ass indie music is he listening to anyway? Because the voice just said, Hi, my name is... I thought I heard Katie, but I'm not 100% sure, and I wasn't paying attention. I've never known a Katie in my life. I am blank years old. I'm from blank, etc. I didn't catch the specifics because I wasn't really listening, but that went on for about two to three minutes until it suddenly went, something's hurting me, and then I caught that. I looked up and squinted at the stereo like, what? Something's killing me. Something killed me. At that point, the hair is standing up on the back of my neck, and I'm getting up from the couch to take a closer look. Please, someone tell my parents. Tell my teachers. Tell the corrections officer. At the words correction officer, I just bolted into the other room, started yelling at my husband and cursing him out because I was certain he was playing a trick on me. Told him we don't play jokes about dead people. And he, of course, was like, WTF. When he finally calmed me down long enough to get what I heard out of me, and what I was accusing him of, he told me it was impossible and led me to the stereo. It's not plugged in. I thought maybe the stereo picked up the signals from an ebook or something. Number 19. When I was younger, I used to take naps upstairs, but by the time I was 8 years old, I re absolutely refused to go to upstairs. The upstairs had two large closets. Attics? They ran from one side of the upstairs all the way to the other, on both sides. It was essentially a crawl space that was maybe 30 feet long. It started one day when a friend and I were crawling from one side to the other with flashlights like kids normally do. When I saw a girl sitting there in the corner, asking or acting like she wanted us to play. I know a lot of people say they see a girl, they aren't scared, or they see a ghost and they aren't scared. Just interested. Nope, I was beyond terrified. This girl looked normal, had blonde hair, nice dress, and seemed friendly. I stayed silent kept crawling behind my friend and got out of the closet told him what i saw in there he said he didn't see it but felt like he didn't want to go back in then my parents would occasionally send me upstairs to get something and when i would get up there i would see the doors swing open as if they were trying to get me to come inside i would lose toys and wouldn't be able to find them anywhere suddenly my parents would be fishing christmas presents out of the attic and we would find some of the toys in there I remember being eight years old and my parents were asleep still in the morning and I leashed up my dog to go take on the monster in the attic. My dog, usually up for anything, refused to go up top step into the attic. My parents never believed me with all the weird stuff that happened in that house. I would get blamed for things that happened all over the house, leaving lights on, toys all over things, things I knew I didn't do. Well, anyway... We moved out of there when I was 10. Not a week passed before the new owners called us and asked if the house is haunted. Their daughter slept upstairs. She said she had been playing with a blonde-haired girl at night. My parents laughed at how crazy these new homeowners must be. 
To make an already long story short, the girls started appearing in other parts of the house for them. They kept in contact with us. They would look over while watching TV and see the girls sitting on their daughter's lap, etc. They looked up on the computers, the past owners of the house, and found an old dressmaker that lived there. And yep, a picture of a little girl wearing one of the ladies' dresses. Right, number 20. I used to live in an old, big, five-bedroom house with six other people. My significant other and I shared one of the rooms. I saw a stranger in my room when I was in my 20s. It wasn't exactly visible, but I somewhat knew it was right there, in the corner of my room. So my significant other was sleeping next to me. While I had my eyes open, I knew it was there. So I closed my eyes, I tried to wish it away. I opened my eyes, and it was now next to the bed, looking at me. I closed my eyes again, and suddenly, relief came. I opened my eyes, nothing there. I saw it once again at the stairs. It was only a brief moment this time, and then it was gone. That almost sounds like a home invader. Alright, let's take a short break and get right back at it. So now we're going to jump over into doppelganger mimic stories. And these are found on Reddit. Our first one, here we go. I had two experiences following each other, which is strange because I don't experience many paranormal encounters. So my mom and I were cooking in the kitchen when we heard a knock at the sliding door. And my dad yell, hello, in the exact way he always does when he wants us to open it for him. His voice, tone, rhythm was exact and familiar. So my mom tells me to go open for my dad, and I would go to check, but no one is at the door. I walk into the kitchen to tell my mom this, and just as I do, we see him drive up to the gate through the kitchen window. We live on a farm, so the gate is quite far from the house. I couldn't, it couldn't have been a prank, and he's not the type anyway. The next day, around the same time, my mom and I are in the kitchen again. There's another knock at the sliding door. My mom tells me to go open it for my dad, and I say something like, it'd be really creepy if no one's there again. I'm sure you can guess, but yet again, there was no one at the door. It only happened twice, those two days, each after each other. But I really don't know what to make of it. Alright, same user. This started happening last summer, and only lasted a few months, and happened three or four times. Once something mimicked me at work. I'll put that in a separate post, which is probably the one we just read. First time it happened, I was washing dishes and thought I had seen my husband walk out of our bedroom to the bathroom. My back would have been to him, so I see this out of the corner of my eye. The bathroom light didn't turn on, so I looked and no one was in the bathroom. I checked the room and he was asleep. I could have sworn he went to the bathroom, though. A few days later, I was sitting outside with my dogs in the middle of the day. It was around the time my husband comes home from work. I was laying in my hammock reading a book, and my peripherals saw my husband walk towards our shop. I said, hi, sweetie. How was work? While putting down my book and didn't get a response, I got up and realized the shop was closed. Looked out front, and his car wasn't there. My dogs had evergreen reacted when I saw it, so I know they saw it too. The last time, I didn't see anything, but I heard his voice. Again, right around the time he gets home. I was in our bedroom folding laundry and thought I heard the door open. I then heard, no, get down, which he says to our puppy because she would jump on him. 
I walked out to greet him, and no one was there. I looked for his car, and it wasn't there either. When he got home, I told him about what I had been experiencing. It hasn't happened again since that, but I continue to see sh shadow figures. This user says, I've seen and heard a few. They aren't very creepy or anything. To me, they were... My dad woke me up once, shaking me awake and telling me to get up in a very urgent tone that he rarely used. I didn't turn around to face him or anything, just fell back asleep after hearing heavy footsteps walk off. Later woke up in a panic, thinking I missed an appointment or something. He said he hadn't even left his room. A second time this happened, I woke up and I felt like I was being watched. This time I closed my eyes and glanced over to the bathroom door, and my sibling was staring at me. They slowly moved over to the edge of the bed, like weirdly slow. I sat up and told them to go back to bed. The house was so creepy, and I know they wouldn't head downstairs in the middle of the night, no matter what. I offered to bring them back up, but they didn't seem to register anything I was saying. So they sat down, and it was pretty much a wordless staring contest. Eventually, they left in the same saunter. I wearily fell back asleep and asked about it in the morning. Yep, they never left their room upstairs. I barely slept while I lived in that house, and it was always loud and everything every night brought something different. Anytime I would sleep, I would be startled awake by something. The last one I can remember was my sister coming home, the front door opening and slamming with her yelling up at us, saying she was home, before hearing her jog downstairs. She was supposed to be at work, so my mom and I exchanged glances. I went to go greet her. I looked everywhere. All the rooms were empty and the house was quiet. The door never opened again, and everyone in the house at the time was upstairs. We messaged both her and my older sister, both of which were not home and never came home. I kind of wish I got to see what happened or what opened the door. Everyone in the house heard it, so... That one I can confirm wasn't brought on by sleep-deprived hallucinations. Weird stuff, really. The first two happened at my grandma's house, where one person passed away. The second was in our home. Right. I have a few experiences at my old house with these. I had experienced weird crap at the house, but my husband at the time had it. One morning, I'm in the bathroom wearing my blue robe, getting ready for work, and Hubs walks in and looks surprised, saying, You're not wearing black? Me, I'm like, no. Apparently, he had just watched me walk into our son's room wearing a black dress and had asked me if I was going to wake him up. At the time, the son had been having nightmares at night and would even get freaked out if I came in to reassure him. Another time, my kids were sitting in the car in the garage. We were getting ready to leave, and they were. They get all excited, asking when Papa got to the house. I tell them it's a school day, and he's not there. And they said, but we just saw him walk past the garage window. That house had so many crazy things happen when I lived there. Hub's got the house post-divorce, and he hasn't experienced anything. I was doing a f favor months later and hanging out with the kids for an hour on his night with them until he got off of work. I was sitting on the couch watching the kids play video games and it's getting darker. I remember thinking, man, I should have turned on a light before I sat down. 
A couple minutes later, the kitchen light came on. When he got home, I commented this his new timer on the lights was fancy. Dude got freaked out and said he didn't have one and hasn't had weird stuff happen since I moved out. I guess it's me, right? I had a friend years ago who worked in a funeral home. One day after work, her mom and grandmother watched my friend walk in through the front door of their house, angrily march upstairs without saying a word, slamming her bedroom door. Concerned, they followed her upstairs to the second floor to see what was wrong. They knocked, no reply. They opened the door. The room was empty, nowhere to hide, no way she could have left through the window. They went back downstairs, baffled and shaken. Twenty minutes later, my friend came home for real and was asked by them if she had come home and left again. She said no, and she had just left work and come straight home now. My friend knew I was into creepy stuff and told me this story without having any knowledge about doppelgangers or mimics. We lost contact over the years, but I'd be curious to track her down and get, try to get more details. This person's short. It says, not me, but my partner claims she heard me call her name from upstairs while I was at work. This one says, my girlfriend and I were setting up some furniture in her basement. I told her I'd be right back, went out the door and up the stairs to get to the bathroom. She had come up a minute later and was asking if I had come back downstairs. I hadn't. She began to explain to me that I came back into the basement, stared her down, and walked into the laundry room. She went to investigate to see what was wrong with me, but nothing was there, and I had been in a whole different area of her house. The house was built in 1912, and it's very active. Her mother has seen a mimic of my girlfriend a few times as well. This is a very small one, but stuck with me since. Around 2009-2010, I was going through a period of deep stress and slight insomnia. I have a few stories about that time, but this one is one that fits the topic. I've gone to my grandma's every weekend since my parents' divorce, since that was my dad's custody time. And he usually just pawned me off on his mom. After I turned 18, it was just turned into a tradition too, if not spending the night, at least see her every weekend. Her front door was on the side of the house with a walkway that wrapped around from the driveway to the front. A giant tree sits right in the inside corner of this walkway, leaving only maybe three feet between the, the thick trunk and the house's corner. One day, when we were going to run an errand, I got in the car ready to leave. I waited for a while before eventually getting bored and going to see what was taking so long. When we were initially leaving the house, she seemed right behind me. So when we didn't leave together, I figured she just stayed behind to grab her phone or maybe use the restroom. While walking up to the front door, before reaching the corner, I saw her coming up on the perpendicular walkway towards the same corner. There's less than a second that I see her pass between the tree gap and the house, long enough to know without a doubt I saw her, but enough to dis but not enough to distinguish anything out of the ordinary, if there was anything. The distance we were from each other meant we would reach the corner at about the same time, but when she didn't emerge from the other side of the tree to or to the corner, I was very confused and just stood there for a moment, staring down the empty last leg of the walkway towards the front door not understanding what just happened. That's when my grandma opened the front door and finally left her house. There's absolutely no way any human, let alone this old lady, could have ran back into the house in the point three seconds it took me to turn that corner. I still don't understand what happened that day.
a little of an experience. It stuck with me forever. Around 15 years ago, when both my kids were toddlers, I was putting them in bed one night, and my son was adamant that he wears his favorite red race car pajamas. I happily obliged and helped him change into them and tucked him into bed. When I sat down at my kitchen table with a friend who had come over to chat and catch up, the way that my apartment was set up, you could see my kid's bedroom doorway from the kitchen table. My friend and I were talking for a while before we were suddenly interrupted by the sound of my son screaming. We both turned and looked at the bedroom doorway and saw my son standing there loudly crying and shrieking, wearing his green pajamas and airplanes with airplanes on them. Everything inside of me was screaming that this was wrong. The hair on the back of my neck stood on end and a cold shiver shot down my spine. My friend and I wordlessly stared at each other for a second. We both knew that my son couldn't change his pajamas by himself yet. We looked back at the doorway and my son was gone. We ran to the bedroom and found him tucked in bed, sleeping peacefully in his red race car pajamas. My friend asked me if I saw him standing there in green airplane pajamas and I confirmed that I had. My friend freaked out and left. I slept on my kid's bedroom floor that night to make sure nothing happened to them. My friend and I still talk about it to this day. It's one of the craziest things that's ever happened to me. My son, of course, doesn't remember any of it, but loves hearing the story how his doppelganger scared the crap out of us. I grew up with all kinds of paranormal stuff happening around me, so I think that helped a bit. I was freaked out, but there wasn't anything I could do about it, so I just threw a pillow and some blankets on the floor and went to sleep. Alright, this one is... I can only assume what myself and my mom encountered was a doppelganger. Before I start, my dad used to work at night. Anyway, when I was about six or seven, I lived in a townhouse with my mom and dad, until my mom passed away less than a couple months later. She was pouring me some milk in the kitchen like every other night, and I was winding down for school the next day. There was nothing scary about this night, and I was just waiting for my mom to pour milk and looking out into our living room in front of me looking at things and just waiting however one of my head or wait <laughs> one of my heads i was like what kind of story am i reading <laughs> however on one of my head swivels from looking around my dad had appeared in front of a closet door in our living room it didn't scare me at first since i assumed it was just my dad but looking back there was no noise ever made our doors and floors creaked, and with how quiet it was, we would have heard anyone moving around. However, what was so scary about it was my dad was just standing there and staring at us from across the room. It wasn't scary at first, since I was still under the impression this was my dad, but the longer he kept standing there and staring at me, the scarier it got. He didn't move an inch, didn't blink. The longer I kept looking at him, I noticed his eyes were too small. They were wide open, but small enough to where it looked wrong. I remember I started to blink and rub my eyes because I thought maybe I was seeing things, but it just kept standing there for a good minute longer until after a blink, it just disappeared. No noise at all. There was no way considering it disappeared in a blink for it to have humanly moved that fast without making some kind of sound. The only way it could have disappeared as fast as it did was if it slammed the door shut behind it. I remember how terrified I was at the point and looking at my mom to see if she saw it too. But when she didn't say anything, so I assumed I just hallucinated it for years. 
This was until a few years ago. I was telling my dad about that night, and he told me my mom had also seen it. But due to her mental health problems and me not saying anything to her about it, uh, she dismissed it as a hallucination. Nothing quite like that has happened to me again, but that experience was the reason for years I couldn't sleep without a light on. Before that day, I was not afraid of the dark. I didn't believe in ghosts. Every night after the incident, until we moved, I was petrified to even sleep in my room. I have a ghost in my house. It's completely harmless, except it likes to mimic me. All of my family members say that they saw me walking down the stairs or that I called for them. I would just be there in my living room, minding my own business. The funny thing is, I've never, I've never heard it, even seen that ghost, but everyone has had some kind of experience with it except me. It doesn't show itself to me, but it likes to present itself as me. All right, somebody said, Recently, I went on a paranormal investigation at the Belair House in Ohio. I was with my sister and daughter and son and brother-in-law. Her daughter and son, for reference, are in their 20s. We rented the house overnight. We were using the spirit box, and clear as day, my son's voice came across it. We all thought we were crazy, but thankfully we recorded and listened to it over and over. There is no question that it was my son's voice that came through the box. Many years ago, probably about 10 now, I had a look-alike in the same town as me. The catch is that I never saw them and only heard about them from others, my dad included. My own father mistook this person as me one day, so that goes to show how much we looked like each other. I knew where she worked only because people would ask me if I worked there. This question was often asked to me while I was working. I did try a few times to visit her work, just to see if maybe I could recognize this lookalike of mine, but I never did. I also knew her name at one point, because people thought maybe she was my sister, and I asked one day what her name was. The name had a long since left my memory. Eventually, her work shut down as it was a video library for renting movies and games. Streaming was becoming more popular at the time. My story is not nearly as exciting or interesting as other stories, though it still blows my mind to this day that I had a doppelganger, possibly a lookalike, in my very own town. I never once saw her, but people always did. I remember way back when I was in high school, I played games on my computer. When my mom opened up the door, peeked her head in, and told me that she was home for lunch, so I literally thought nothing of it. Only thing I felt was off was the blue shirt she was wearing, which I've never seen her wear before. But then again, I never cared much about those sorts of details to begin with. Anyway, an hour goes by, and my mom opens the door as she peeks her head in and tells me she just went on lunch and wanted to know if I wanted to get some of her fries. I told her I'd just seen her an hour ago, and she told me she was on lunch and how she was wearing a blue shirt, which at this point she was wearing a white shirt. She looked confused and told me she hasn't been home all day since leaving for work, and that it was 1pm when she usually takes lunch. I still don't know if that was a doppelganger or a spirit, or if I had a weird mental moment, but I never got a scared feeling, nor out-of-worldly presence for whom I believed to be my mom. My brother has some sort of entity to pretend to be our mom by mimicking her voice exactly, and when he realized it wasn't her, the spirit's voice completely changed and said, yes I am. That shit is too scary, man. 
somebody responded to that and said, OMG, I think your brother is the only person besides me to have heard their voice change or the only story I've read about it. Mine was when I was pretending to be, when it was pretending to be my stepdad and calling my name from the bottom of the stairs. And when I got mad and got up to go down there, I yelled and its voice changed and it started screaming my name at the top of its lungs. And that's when I realized that it wasn't my stepdad. It sounded like two voices together, an old woman and just pure evil. That's crazy. I have one. This happened to many of us girls that worked together. We worked at a dog kennel place. Many weird things happened, but let me stick to your main theme for this comment. We would hear each other speaking when we weren't even there that day. I would constantly see my manager stand next to me as I bathed dogs, like she wanted to say something, but when I turned around, no one was there. We'd randomly get called to the kennels or office, and when we got there, no one was looking for us. Sometimes our radios turned off, would go on and sound, bring Fido to the office for pickup. Get to the office with said dog and no one had radioed, nor were the owners there. Twice, one of my friends texted me mad because she saw me talking to the manager on my day off and was upset. I didn't go back and talk to her for a bit. I didn't go in. She called it the mimic or imitator. It was always the same three of us that were mimicked. Like I said, a lot more creepier stuff happens, so if y'all want to know, I can tell you about it later. One day, years ago, I ran into a friend I hadn't seen for months. I said hello, and she got a bit snippy with me and made the remark, Oh, now you're talking to me? I was bewildered, and even more so that she told me she had seen me in her church at the 11 o'clock Mass the past three Sundays. She talked to me at each Mass, and I either glared at her or ignored her. I told her that I went to my church Sunday, 5 o'clock evening mass, and nowhere near her church at the time. She kept insisting it was me, so I suggested I go to mass with her the following Sunday, and I did. And I wasn't there that day. We'd gone through grade and high school together, and she knew me and swore up and down that it was me, dressed in the exact same coat I wore, same makeup and perfume. So how was I there when I wasn't? It was truly mysterious. All right? Somebody said... This happened to me as well. I was about 15 or 16. I was in my room home alone when I heard my older sister walk into the bathroom next to my room. I wanted to say hi, so I exited my room and walked into the bathroom where she was standing, looking in the mirror and using the sink, just doing normal bathroom things. We had a quick conversation. I forget exactly what was said. It was a normal conversation. Then I went downstairs, and after a few minutes, I just had a weird feeling. Maybe I sensed the quietness in the house. I went back upstairs and looked for her. Not in the bathroom. Went to the third floor where her room was. Wasn't there. Called her name. No answer. Everything was quiet. I freaked out a bit and called her phone. Hey, where are you? I'm in, and she named a city that's 45 minutes away. Why? Oh, no, nothing. Just wondering where you're at. And then I hung up. I knew it wasn't a hallucination, even though there was no logical explanation for that to happen. I think it was definitely a doppelganger. One of the weirdest experiences I've ever had. Definitely freaky. Gotta love all the stories from Reddit. In some of these, um, I mean, we can't discount explanations like mental illness and stuff like that. Uh, visual hallucinations are more common than you would think. Um, auditory hallucinations as well. 
especially at night or when you're in bed, according to my therapist. But uh, so that's that's like a normal explanation. But what about a not normal explanation? Like what if, one, they are actually entities, which I personally think that they are. Um, or two, what if you're crossing timelines, like alternate dimensions and stuff like that? Like you saw your mom in a blue shirt and now she's in a white shirt or, you know, you saw your dad and he normally comes home at this time. You know, it's like maybe he came home a few minutes earlier in a different dimension kind of thing. I don't know. I don't really know. I know me personally, uh, whenever we ha had the mimic here at my house, I was staying with my parents at the time um, in between jobs and everything. And I always heard my mom's voice when I would be in bed. I would hear it calling from the hallway and it would usually be like, Andrew, come here. Or it would be like, hey, Andrew, in her voice, tone, everything. And after about four or five times going to where she was in a different location in the house or laying down in her own bed or something and being like, uh, mom, did you call me? <laughs> or what do you need? And she was like, I didn't call for you. I didn't hear anything. And so I was like, okay, cool. I'm just hearing things. Um, it did turn a little bit sinister a little bit later um, where it was trying to terrorize me uh, whenever I'd be alone in my mom's house, like throwing things off of the top of the refrigerator or just making the dogs freak out and go from the front yard to the backyard barking their heads off from inside the house, you know, like something was surrounding us, just different things like that. Um, and it wasn't until I decided it was bad and it needed to leave that I, you know, saged the house and, you know, called on my spirit team to uh, help me get rid of that. But yeah, definitely a freaky experience that I definitely warn anybody that's hearing family members that are not there uh, to take seriously. Um, I used to be like, oh, that's just my mental health. You know, like I hear things sometimes, but I think it's different whenever it's a mimic or something like that. I think it's more sinister. So that's just my opinion on it. But let's take a break and wrap it up. All right, let's jump right back into it. We go to darkstories.org, where there is a story about a, let's see, the subject is Lord into the Woods, Creepy Doppelganger Mimic, Small Town Ghost. All right, so <laughs> let's see where this story takes us. All right, this was written May 25th, 2022, by Jake07. When I was in high school, by the nature of my hometown, the parties I would go to were just bonfires with way too many kids there to all fit us sitting around one small fire pit. So naturally, being teenagers, the focus would always quickly shift away from the fire itself and to God knows what other te stupid teenager stuff. Often back in grade school, that meant breaking into someone's parents' alcohol stash, ding-dong ditching, TPing some poor neighbor's house with an obscene amount of toilet paper, and wandering the neighborhood up to no good like some sort of old-timey British street gang. 
or sometimes above all of the above. And often, we would get really bored, and the focus would inevitably turn back to the fire, where we'd toss random things into the flames just to see what they would happen. Place coins in the smoldering embers until the metal turned red hot, or try to enhance the fire by tossing a cup of gasoline on it. But overshoot and accidentally set the lawn on fire. A story for another time. There was one time my friends and I were invited over to a small party at this girl's house. Let's call her S, and of course we obliged. The ironic thing about this particular bonfire is that it was extraordinarily tame. Most of our time was spent with all of us just sitting around the fire and joking around. Most, if not all, of the people there were part of a group with which my friends and I had gone to see a new horror movie the night before. So all night at the bonfire, a lot of us were on edge. Us boys, being boys, we would point out every little noise we heard coming from the forest and ham it all up, saying we heard voices and twigs breaking or saw shadows moving among the trees just to scare the girls. They ended up moving their chairs so that their backs no longer faced the forest. However, there were a few times later on in the night when I wasn't making it up, I actually did hear or see something weird in the woods, like a creepy voice or shadows disappearing behind tree trunks. I didn't think much of it, though. I mostly just dismissed it as paranoia from having seen that movie the previous night, so I just played it off and carried on with the jokes and theatrics. Later on, the whole group got up, and we were wandering around the neighborhood for some reason I can't remember. It was a specific reason, not just teenage mischief. Once we were done with whatever it was that we were doing, we headed back to the fire pit. As soon as we sat back down, however, my friend A realized he'd lost his phone and figured he must have dropped it in the grass somewhere while we were walking around. So a portion of us stood back up and went to scour the neighborhood for A's phone. We eventually found the phone after maybe a half an hour of searching, but at almost the same time, we noticed that one of us was missing, my friend B who had been with the search party, was nowhere to be found. So we continued searching, only now it was for our missing friend instead of a phone. But we couldn't find him. We searched the entire neighborhood, yelling his name and texting and calling him, but to no avail. We eventually made our way back to the bonfire to regroup for the rest of our friends and enlist their help. But when we got back to S's house, however, there he was, our missing friend B, just sitting there in a lawn chair with a sour look on his face. What the hell, A? B demanded. Where did you go? Confused, A snapped back at him. What do you mean? You're the one who disappeared. We've been looking for you all over. As best as I can recall, this is what B told us. He had split away from the group to come to cover more ground looking for A's phone. When he heard someone whisper, from over by the edge of the woods. When B turned to look, he saw A motioning for B to follow him into the woods with a smirk on his face and a finger pressed to his lips. Now A and B often like to play a lot of jump scare pranks on us, so this wouldn't have seemed overly strange or creepy. And B did, in fact, follow him into the woods. This is where my memory of the story gets a bit hazy. In a nutshell, B lost track of A while sneaking through the woods, so he waited, quietly, looking around for a bit before one of the girls either caught a glimpse of him or heard him walking in the shadows and freaked out. B gave up, emerging from the woods to calm our friend down, and asked if anyone had seen A, 
eventually taking a seat by the fire pit to wait for our return. The thing is, A had been with the rest of us the whole time, searching for his phone, and I myself can attest to that. Everyone else had been accounted for, either as part of the search party or sitting by the fire the whole time. But B swore up and down that he'd followed A into the trees, or at least someone who looked exactly like A, and had on the exact same clothing. The moon was fairly bright that night, and B said that he had gotten close enough and had just enough light that he could clearly tell it was A, hunched over just outside the tree line, beckoning him to follow. This really freaked us all out. We spent the rest of the night inside S's basement. Someone even mentioned the idea of calling the police to tell them there was a strange man trying to lure kids into the woods. But B was so adamant that who he'd seen was either A or something sort of creepy carbon copy of A, and we believed him. So we figured it wasn't any use calling the cops if this was a supernatural thing in origin. We never got any answers as to who or what it was B followed into the woods that night, or what their intentions were, and we could never figure out why that person or thing lured him into the dark forest just to vanish without a sound and let B return to his friends. We've all kind of fallen out of contact over five years since graduating high school, but whenever I do see my friends, that night always comes up in conversation, along with many other strange experiences we've had, both together and individually. Man, I do miss those days. All right. Very cool. Yes. We've talked about it in this episode, or not this episode, but other episodes. If there is a baby crying in the woods, or something is beckoning you to leave your group, even if it's a friend... Don't do it. <laughs> There's no baby in the woods crying. There's no person calling your name or calling for help out there. Don't do it, especially at night. Um, but yeah, cool. All right, so we go to yourghoststories.com where they have one called Mimic by Ladybug81. They said that this happened in the United States in South Dakota. My dad worked for the Bureau of Indian Affairs, so we lived in government housing. I'm not sure how old the houses were, but I always had an uneasy feeling like I was being watched in that house, like I was never completely alone. Growing up in that house as a child, I was afraid. I felt like something was going to happen, and that is probably why it seemed to bother me more than anyone else, because I felt it. I felt something was there, even if no one else did or acknowledged it. The first thing I felt in that house was someone watching me while I slept. I would wake up with my forehead tickling like someone was staring at me. I would look around and no one would be there, so I started sleeping with my face covered up. Then I would hear strange noises throughout the house that made me very paranoid, and of course made my imagination go wild. After a while, I started sleeping with my parents until probably fifth grade. One night, for some strange reason, I was scared so i wanted to sleep in my parents room but they locked me out so i just sat in the hallway looking down it afraid and suddenly i decided i'm not going to be afraid anymore and i'm going to go to bed and if something happens it happens i turned off the light left the door open and lay beside my sister on the queen bed and covered my face after a while 
As I was about to drift off to sleep, I felt someone grab my face and shake it violently. It woke me up, and I immediately took the covers off my face to see who it was. I fully expected to see my sister there, mad about something, but she was still asleep beside me on the bed. I know it couldn't have been her. I would have felt her get back into bed. I got up fast to turn on the lights and to look under the bed, but no one was there. I looked down the hall. Everyone's door was closed. If it was anyone in the house, I'm sure I would have heard them. You can't make a move in this house without being heard due to the squeaky floor and loud doors. I decided to leave the light on this time, but I shut the door and calmed myself by praying. Eventually, I fell asleep. The first time I ever saw something in that house was trippy. It was winter, and my parents couldn't afford to put propane in, so we all had to sleep in the same room with heaters. All of us kids were sleeping on mattresses on the floor, and my parents were asleep on their bed. Sometime in the middle of the night, I woke up and turned over on my side, and I saw my mother standing by the window looking at me. She smiled and waved her hand like she wanted me to come over. I shook my head no, and then I noticed movement where my mom usually sleeps. So I glanced there, and it's my mother still asleep. And this thing is not her. So I started screaming, crying, and trying not to look at this thing. And it stays there until my parents wake up. So I rush and switch on the light. I start freaking out and have like a major meltdown. My poor little mind just couldn't understand what the hell just happened. I cannot go back to sleep until it's light out. I don't think my parents took me seriously until a few days later after my mom has done has this dream where she's going up to heaven down to hell and back up again it's at that exact moment my little brother wakes her up because he's scared and she freaks out on him my dad has to pull her off my brother and wake her up my parents tell our preacher about the two incidents and he tells them my pro my mom probably could have died that night if my brother didn't wake her up and that i saw her soul roaming before then at first i believed it but after seeing doppelgangers of other people in that house including one of myself I don't believe it. I believe there was something paranormal in that house that could mimic people. I will post more stories uh, another time. Nature is a strange thing, I learned. You learn that very clearly when you work in a museum. You realize how nature uses the art of camouflage. Donald Wolheim. I just like that quote. All right, this is from yourghoststories.com. Ghost mimics voices. This comes from V. Williams and happened in Illinois. Early in the year, I woke to my son saying, Mom, in an urgent tone. His room is far enough away so I can only hear if he is inside or by my door. When I got up to see what was wrong, he wasn't there. I checked his room and he was asleep. I mentioned this to my boyfriend and he just laughed about it and thought I was dreaming or something. A couple months ago, it happened again, but this time it sounded like my younger son, a toddler scream, cry, like he was in distress. I woke up, turned lights on, and he was fast asleep, checked other son, and he was also. Mentioned to my boyfriend, and he didn't think anything about it. Last month, it happened again. I woke up to my son saying, what's that? Again, checked on him, and he was asleep. Went back to bed and was woken again to what sounded like yelling, unsure from whom. Checked again, and everyone was asleep. Told my boyfriend the next day, and again, he thinks I'm dreaming or something. 
Last week I was at work and came home. Casually, my boyfriend said he was napping during the day while I was at work and heard me say his name. One thing he said is it sounded urgent, which is something I didn't tell him. Been in this house four years, never anything until now. Thinking of doing some cleansing with sage. Curious about what it could be. Baby is 19 months old now. Oldest son is 12. This has happened once when my oldest was a year or two. It happened or heard what we thought was my son crying. He was in another town that night with my sister. That time I saw a black figure by the bed. Rolled over and attempted to sleep once it faded. Alright. This one is from the same site, Your Ghost Stories. But it is from Little Peachy Ghost. And it happened in the United Kingdom. This has happened to me multiple times. More so when I was younger. But every now and again, it will happen again. It used to be my mother's voice. And then it switched to my fiancé's voice. I remember one instance when I was younger of hearing my mom scream my name. As if she was hurt and needed help urgently. It was pretty late, around 11 at night. My blood ran ice cold and of course I ran full speed into her room and burst through the door. Only to find her sound asleep and completely oblivious to me crashing through her bedroom door like the Kool-Aid man. And then standing there completely and utterly lost for words. I've heard her voice yell my name quite a number of times. Only to discover she's either asleep, reading quietly, watching TV, or even worse, not even in the house at all. Since my partner moved in, I heard him speak a number of times, except it's never him. It's even happened while he sat right next to me. I've heard his voice, asked him to repeat himself, because I didn't quite catch what he said, only to have him tell me he never said anything at all. Funnily enough, I never experienced this while looking directly at the person whose voice I'm hearing. It's not on the loop, and what I mean by that, it's not residual. It doesn't follow a pattern or a routine. There's no deja vu either. It's just completely and utterly random and out of the blue. I always have this horrible fear that one day I'll hear either my mother or my partner's voice shout my name or shout for help and I'll go running and bump into something that's not and never has been human. All right, we're going to go over to Exemplor where there's a Brazilian couple claimed to be haunted by a mimic demon. It calls them in their own voices. By Diana Logan. Of all the scary stories about spirits, demons, and things that go bump in the night, perhaps the scariest are whatever creature it is that mimics the sounds of loved ones. If you're standing in your house and hear your family calling you from the next room, but no one is there. If you're walking through your yard and you make out the sound of someone calling your name, it's more unsettling. It's a big fat nope. This Brazilian couple claims that is exactly what has been haunting them, and they've been recording up and posting videos of their terrifying encounters with the entity that calls them at night in their own voices. Of course, as their videos went viral, they became highly analyzed. People tried to break down what they were seeing and what it could possibly mean. Most analysis center around the figure known as the sneaker shadow, which is a shadow humanoid figure that could be seen moving along the hallway in a few video clips. What was this creature, if it was a creature at all? If this was the demon or entity, that is truly terrifying. But another possibility is that it's a person in a green screen suit, a special effects costume readily available for purchase online that often helps paranormal video creators in their work. 
but green screen suits are not necessarily are not necessary for this type of scary video, which relies on disembodied voices, and when faked, can be made with in-app sound editing effects on TikTok. So what is the shadowy figure tormenting the young couple, and why? Oh, that was the whole article. I guess they don't believe them, but, I mean, I would believe them. <laughs> we go back over to Reddit. Ghost that mimics footsteps of family members. I've been looking online for someone with a similar experience, but I keep finding forums of people describing a spirit that mimics their loved ones' voices. When I was 16, my family moved to a house in Indiana, and we only lived there for about a year before moving back to my hometown. But during that year, it was really hard. There was a lot of negative energy in the home because my mom had a mental illness, and there were just lots of fights and crying going on. I brought I bring this up because I also see people describing spirits who feed off negativity, and that was just a really hard year, so maybe that helps identify the ghost. Anyway, it's not out of the ordinary for my dad to get a glass of water or juice at 2am out of nowhere, and during this time, me and my sister were sleeping on the couch together a lot because we would just fall asleep or whatever was on Netflix. Well, one night, I hear my dad's footsteps clearly. And I know they're my dad's because he has heavy footsteps. I hear the fridge open, clear as day. I thought it was my dad, so I yelled over, Can you get me iced tea? And there was no response, so I look over from the back of the couch. The kitchen was behind the couch. And it was just a dark-ass kitchen. No footsteps were heard of him going back to his room, so I was confused when I ran to his bedroom to see him snoring. I was really scared. I didn't want to acknowledge what just happened, so I watched Netflix until I could go to sleep again. Okay, fast forward a few months later, my sister's room in the basement of this house. An unfinished basement, too, so kind of creepy to stay in that room yourself. So I slept there a lot, too, and would chill in the room with her. One day, we're smoking in her bedroom, and the door is open. Broad daylight at my dad, and we hear the sound of someone barefoot running back and forth in front of the door on the cement floor of the basement. Like clear as day, we could hear the padding of feet just slapping against the cement. I couldn't believe my sister was witnessing this with me, but we were so scared we just closed the door. Nothing has happened since then while we stayed there. So what was that? It didn't mimic voices, but it did mimic my dad's footsteps that night. Not sure about the basement footsteps. It sounded lighter, the running, so it could be me or my sister. Alright, I wanted to read this Wikipedia page about a Krakata. Um... And it's a mythical thing, but yeah, I'll just read a little bit about it. The Kakata or Korakata or Krakuta or Lu Krokata is a mythical wolf dog of India, Ethiopia, linked to the hyena and said to be a deadly enemy of men and dogs. The reason this is um, important to our subject today is Pliny... Uh, the eighth also writes of another hyena-like creature, the Lucrocata, which he calls the swiftest of all beasts, with the size of the size of an ass, with a stag's haunches, a lion's neck, tail and breast, badger's head, cloven hoof, mouth opening right back to the ears, and ridges on the bone in place of rows of teeth. 
This animal is reported to imitate the voices of human beings. The Byzantine scholar Photius summarized the book Indica by Greek author somebody, writes, In Ethiopia, there's an animal called Crocodus, vulgarly Kynolikos, dog wolf, of amazing strength. It is said to imitate the human voice, to call men by name at night, and devour those who approach it. It is as brave as a lion and swift as a horse, and as strong as a bull. It cannot be overcome by any weapon of steel. Claudius Aelinus, in his book On the Characteristics of Animals, specifically links the hyena and the coracata, mentions the creature's fabled ability to mimic human speech. He writes, The Indian hyena, which the natives call crocata, speaks in a manner so human that this without a teacher as to go to houses and call the person whom he knows he can equal, easily vanquish. Yeah, it just goes on to more historical accounts of this crocata and how they can lure people <laughs> using human, like using a human voice and also uh, calling people by name, which is equally frightening. So, yeah. All right. Back to Reddit. My girlfriend's first experience with a possible mimic. So let me just say straight away that I'm a firm believer in the supernatural. From a young age, I've had experiences with it, and it's become a casual thing to me. I'm fully aware of hoaxes and people just wanting views and attention on the internet, but I do believe there's some truth in some of what's out there. My girlfriend, not so much. She's never interacted or had experience with anything supernatural, and things she says she has experienced as a child, she's shaken off as a child's imagination. The following experience that happened less than 24 hours ago at the writing of this post made her question all of this. To set the scene, we were hanging out with a good friend of ours who we both love dearly. It was about 3 a.m. and she asked us to walk her home. Being that she lived about 30-ish minutes away, we were more than happy to help her feel safe and escort her home. During the walk, me and my girlfriend had our first dispute of the relationship. It was something petty, but being as it was our first one, we got rather riled up and raised our voices at each other. We got our friend home, and a few minutes after dropping her off, we hung, hugged it out and admitted we were both in the wrong and moved on. That being said, we were still a bit at odds, and only because it was the first time we'd ever conflicted in such a way. This is where it gets interesting. Partway through the walk back, I'd offered that if my girlfriend wasn't comfortable, I would stay at my place tonight rather than back to her dad's like we originally planned. Following this, we began approaching this long, tall hedge, that other side of this leading out into the fields and forestry areas. When we got close, I heard something on the other side of the hedge, rustling, twigs snapping, leaves being pushed aside. I thought nothing of it. I just assumed it was another person because our town is known for its drunken chavs that lurk in dark hours in the morning. We both stopped in front of the hedge as my girlfriend wanted to roll a cigarette, stressed from the argument. I stayed in front of her, and in a split second that I had my back to her, there was suddenly a jet black and beautiful cat beside her. Disclaimer, I love black cats. I don't agree with the stigma around them, that they're bad luck. My girlfriend also loves cats. She doesn't shut up about them. My girlfriend then proceeded to see the cat and swing around, happy to see a lovely black kitty for her pet. 
In the moment she moved, I saw the most sickening feeling in my I had the most sickening feeling in my chest. The hairs all across my body stood on end, almost as if my fight or flight instinct went into overdrive. Something wasn't right. I immediately tell my girlfriend to stop. She looks at me in confusion. As she gets closer to it, but I tell her again to stop and walk towards me. She was confused but listened to me. She got close and I immediately began walking with her home, checking over my shoulder and looking at this cat. It had followed her about a foot as she left, but it was almost immediately reset, moving back to the exact same place on the pavement in the exact same position. I know there's nothing abnormal about this, right? So far, it's just a wrestling, a black cat, and a bad feeling. What followed solidified that I made the right choice. As we moved away, there was suddenly a blood-curdling, distorted, seemingly painful hiss from behind the edge. I have no way to fully explain to you all just how awful this noise was. How I could feel it shift through my bones as it deformed and disfigured hiss moved through the air. I quickened my pace and pulled my girlfriend with me. On the way back, I explained why I did it, stating that the supernatural, about the supernatural, and despite knowing her view on it, that she needed to trust me on this. She was skeptical, but trusted me enough to hear me out. We get back to her dad's and sit down, have a cigarette, and discussing it in comfort, what happened. I talked about mimics, goat men, wendigos, all of it. My girlfriend, who was skeptical at first, she goes pale, I mean deathly pale. It's then she tells me about the cat, what it was like when she was so close to her. My girlfriend, who was skeptical at first, she goes pale, I mean deathly pale. It's then she tells me about the cat, what it's like when she was close to it. Apparently the cat made no sound, not even that of it breathing, and the air around it felt freezing cold. She proceeded to talk to me about the area of town we walked through. I lived in that town for a while, but I never really ventured outside of my comfort zone, sticking to the town center and many surrounding areas. She, however, had lived there all her life and had moved around it multiple times, both by herself and with family. Apparently, the road we were going down with the hedge and open areas on the other side is well known for its disappearances. Most of the missing reports of people and pets in our town have always noted as last seen in or around that area. As well as this, uh, my girlfriend once had a flat near there and said that her older neighbors would tell her not to go, not to be out after dark as people go missing. Now don't get me wrong, this could all be nothing. If I was hearing the story from someone else, I would be poking holes in their story and stating how it could have been numerous other things, but trust me, this was something else. Maybe it wasn't a mimic, a goat man, a wendigo, or something, but whatever the hell it was, it was not human. We're up until 5.30 a.m. talking about what happened and what she knows about the location, and despite maybe being paranoid, we called our friend saying how we believed it's best she gets home before dark from now on. All right, this one is your ghoststories.com. Something mimicked my mother in the woods. And this happened in Ohio. After browsing the website and reading dozens of stories, I finally decided to post one of my own. I've actually had several paranormal encounters over the years, but this one has always struck me as particularly bizarre and frightening. The incident occurred sometime in the fall of 2006. I grew up in a rural part of Ohio, and my house has fairly dense woods located directly behind it. 
As a child, I had a passion for exploring. I especially loved exploring those woods. It was my favorite place to be. Prior to the incident, I had wandered through those woods many times, always with my mother's permission. There was one tree in particularly that I frequently enjoyed to climb. Usually about halfway mark so I could perch myself on one of the heavier branches and just relax as I listened to the peaceful sounds of nature. Climbing that tree for the very first time was quite an accomplishment. From that position, I could partially see the back of my house. On that day, after a fair amount of exploring, I carefully scaled my favorite tree. I seated myself on a sturdy branch and took in the view. Naturally, being late in October, the sun inevitably began to set within a few minutes. I always felt a little saddened to see the darkness approaching. The woods were like my own little sanctuary. I could entertain myself out there for hours. When darkness began to fall, however, my mother would stand at the edge of the woods and call my name until I obediently returned home, so not to be stranded out there after dark. After watching the sun set until I could no longer see it, I began to descend down the tree. I was nearly at the bottom when I heard my mother's familiar voice calling my name. I thought nothing of it at first, as this routine had occurred plenty of times before. Then I realized something strange as my feet touched the ground. My mother's voice was coming from behind me, deeper in the woods, rather than towards the entrance where she always stood when she called me home. My mom had never entered those woods before, at least not with me. I was eager to find her and show her all my favorite spots before it grew too dark. That's when I realized something was off. How could she have gone into the woods ahead of me? Certainly, I could have missed her, but as I said, she never entered those woods. She continued calling my name, and there was something strange about it. She sounded absolutely frantic, almost angry. Fearing that I was in trouble for reasons currently unknown, I froze in place. As her voice drew closer, I squinted my eyes to see if I could locate her and determine exactly how angry or upset she appeared to be. However, I didn't see anyone or anything unusual. Suddenly... I heard her voice calling my name from the direction of the house, sounding much calmer. Seconds later, from somewhere in the woods yet again, it wasn't an echo. I wasn't imagining things. I was literally hearing her beckoning me from the edge of our backyard, as well as ahead of me. My legs suddenly turned to jelly. I couldn't quite comprehend what was going on. Come here right now, the voice I originally believed to be heard screamed from just ahead. I realized that whoever and whatever was mimicking my mother was drawing closer. I didn't question which voice was actually my mother's, as there was something about the way it sounded that unnerved me. Terrified of what I would see if I stood there much longer, I turned around and read, ran towards the exit of the woods as quickly as my legs could carry me. It was amazing I didn't trip over anything in my haste. Even though my house wasn't very far away from where I had been standing, those woods had never seemed larger to me than they did in that moment. From behind me, my mother's voice continued to call my name, now sounding desperate. Panic set, and as my actual mother finally came into view, waiting patiently as she usually did until I returned home. In my frightened state, I absolutely refused to look back. As soon as I was out of the woods and in the backyard next to my mother, the other voice was suddenly gone. Rather than fading away, it seemed to stop at the very moment I stepped foot into my backyard. I must have looked as frightened as I felt because my mother asked me what was wrong. Slowly but surely, my panic subsided. 
I didn't say until we were safely inside the house with our doors locked. I asked my mother if she had entered the woods. Apparently confused by the question, she told me of course she hadn't. With that confirmation, I hesitantly asked her if she had heard anyone else calling my name and yelling. The answer to that question was also no. Although I was still very much shaken up, I managed to explain everything that happened as clearly and rationally as possible. My mother was surprisingly nonchalant about the whole situation, explaining I must have imagined it, and that I was spending too much time out there by myself. The incident in the woods has stayed with me to this day. I can still hear a voice as clear as a bell. Whoever or whatever it was was calling my name sounded exactly like my mother, but I didn't know it wasn't her, or I know now it wasn't her. Not only was she waiting for me outside, but the voice also sounded strange in a way I can't fully explain. I didn't go back into the woods until I was 17 years old, and even then I never hung out for very long. I'd carefully gone over every possible situation, but none of them seemed entirely plausible. It certainly wasn't my mom playing a prank. There was no way she could have pulled it off, not to mention the fact that she's never been one to play pranks. I also highly doubt that it was anyone else because, I, as I stated before, we live in a rural area. The closest neighbor was at least a mile away, and I wasn't personally acquainted with any of them. How could they know my name and where to find me? We've since moved out of that house, but my mother and I occasionally discuss the incident. She still claims that she never saw or heard anything unusual out there. I know it probably shouldn't, but what happened in those woods continues to bother me. I spent many hours out there prior to that day, never had anything out of the ordinary occur. The best explanation I have is that a doppelganger, possibly a demon, but I'm unsure. So that concludes our stories about mimics and ghosts. Um, I hope you enjoyed this episode. Um, I do apologize for it taking a while to come out. I have been quite busy and under the weather lately. So I do apologize. I will try to get more uh, week after week <laughs> for you guys. Um, but yeah, got a lot of cool... Uh, topics to bring you in the next coming weeks. Um, very excited about those. I hope you enjoyed and maybe got a little bit of a spook out of some of these stories. And remember, you'll not think about them until it's late at night and you're in your bed. <laughs> All right. So thank you for being with us today. Be sure to follow us on the Facebook page. Our group is called Paranormal Stories and then in parentheses, Spooky Shiz. Paranormal Stories, Spooky Shiz. Feel free to connect with me there. Send me your stories for future episodes. And yeah, stay spooky, my friends. <laughs>